Hey guys, Greg, your local metalhead here. So Nick was feeling a little under the weather, so I pulled out one of our old episodes. This is Synecdoche, New York. It's going to be our filler episode until he's feeling better and we can uh, get on with the show next week. Hope you guys enjoy. With Cinema. Welcome back to War with Cinema. I'm your host, Greg, your local metalhead, and with me is... Part of the collector, motherfucker. Get the intros out the way, dude. You gotta ask what we're coming today, man. Uh, well, nah. since you can't say the name of this movie, we're doing Synecdoche, New York. Yeah. Don't bother Googling it. Like, holy fuck, bro. Really? Yeah. So, um, I forgot the director of this movie actually wrote Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, which is That makes 10, perfect fucking sense of why this movie sucks so much ass, bro. Hey. <laughs> I'm sorry, bro. We will never agree on that movie. Charlie Kaufman. Nope. Oh, yeah. Charlie Kaufman. Yeah, fuck that guy. Writer, director. This is like his baby. This is his directorial debut. Budget. Oh, um, there's a lot of visuals. I'm going to go 30 mil. 20 mil. All right. Well, all right. A cumulative worldwide gross. Nothing. 4 mil. 4.6 mil. Wow, that's a shocker right there. Yeah, this is a very niche film. I'm going to put that away. Well, let me get into the stars because there's a lot of people in this movie. Yeah, actually. there is a bunch of big names, man. Philip Seymour Hoffman, R.I.P. R.I.P., yeah. Um, I had a joke. I didn't know if I was going to make it, but I'm going to make it. Like, this is what drove that man into heroin. Damn. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's that's what I felt when I watched this movie. It's so fucking sad, bro. It, it kind of makes so depressing, him like, being him passing away makes this even more sad of a movie for real bro like i almost like had trouble watching certain parts it's just like fuck this guy was a real treasure though you know yeah, what i mean definitely even though it's a dark shit movie he still brings his a game to everything dude <laughs> uh katherine keener yeah uh what's her name uh she's a big timer now the girl from the the blonde girl from the girl of the red dragon mm. i forget her name michelle williams there you go she was in venom too Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I like her a lot. Don't her and Tom Hardy date in real life? Or was that something I heard? I don't know. Somebody don't know. told me they were actually together. Tom though. Hardy's really private about his private life, so... Yeah, like, I don't know what somebody he asked him if he was gay one time, man. He ro he roasted that dude for, like, ten minutes straight. I loved it. He's like... What are you getting on about? Yeah. Uh, well, he sounds a lot more brutal. But like, <laughs> right. You asked him in that Tom Hardy stare. Fuck are you getting on about? <laughs> I love that because he's like, uh, are you asking me about my sexuality? He's like, uh, yes. He's like, why? why? Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, love it. Yeah, you've seen it too. Um, I forgot what movie it was for though. they were doing that. Though. I don't remember. But uh, yeah, the older lady, she's in it too. Uh, she's been in a bunch of stuff. Oh, right. Uh, I forget her name, but she's a great actress too. That's what blew me away, man. This fucking cast, bro. The lady from 40 Year Old Virgin. That's Kenner, isn't it? Yeah. Kathleen Kenner. She's a good actress. I like her. Um. So let's get into it. What do yeah, you what do you think about this movie? I I'm going to I'm going to be honest with you, bro. Like it was the longest most depressing movie I've ever had to sit through. Yes. And maybe it's because I have a daughter, but the shit that they did with his daughter, I hated that. Like she you know, he thinks in his mind that she's four and she's being tattooed and all this and that. Mm -hmm. And like it's just it really depressed the shit out of me, man. Like I had to watch a comedy after this. Yeah. Like it fucked me up. Like but the, the the synopsis, like what I'm going to give you, because like I said, about halfway through this movie, like a lot of other shit I've watched from you, like it slowly, I started losing grip of what the fuck they're even trying to talk about. Because mm -hmm. at first it starts off like a normal movie. This guy's a playwright. He's got a big play about to come out. 
and he's it's the movie starts off he's his alarm has gone off and he's listening to a radio show a lot of layers it's just like sorry to bother you a lot of imagery a lot of deeper meanings and i was just like man this shit's going over my head but uh, I'm, I'm trying to keep up with it a uh, uh, thing that they do in this movie that part where he's eating breakfast is a really cool scene is if you pay attention to the dates mm-hmm. they're progressively going on throughout this one scene like he wakes up it's september 22nd i think because it says it on the radio Mm -hmm. he gets the newspaper it's like october 7th he opens it up it's october 17th and it was really crazy how they did it because like you don't know what year it is because the tvs from like the 50s or 60s or whatever it's supposed to be 2005 in this scene and it goes all the way through to like uh 2025 Mm. so it's like a 20 year little bit longer span yeah that's this guy's life this dude the the director the charlie kaufman like he went for it like when you say this is his baby i believe you because he didn't like what i would consider like if you're going to tell a story Mm -hmm. he just went for it like i'm gonna tell our story and if they like it they like it if not fuck them it's so many stories like wrapped into one big ass movie like it's so crazy and it got on my nerves later on when something would happen to the real, would it happen to Philip Seymour Hoffman, and then they would fucking redo the scene because he'd put it in the show or whatever. <laughs> but you're watching with the B-roll actors. Like, yeah. I was just like, what the fuck is going on here? So did you get anything from this movie? Mm-hmm. Like, I know you felt sad afterwards because it is a very, like, melancholy, just depressing movie. But the first time I watched this movie felt so heavy. Like, I just had to, like, sit and evaluate my own life for real. watching this movie. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It put me into a fucking depression. It made me think about things I don't want to think about, Greg. Like, I, I, my daughter was dead asleep. I just went in there and hugged her. Like, I'm, I'm so glad you said that because I feel like this movie, anybody can get something from it. You were, you, were your, uh, you got your daughter's thing mm-hmm. from it. I don't have a daughter, so right. I didn't get that from it. But... When I watched this the first time, like years ago, I think it was like four or five years ago, I was really getting into the creativeness. Mm. And that's the part that really hit me was him trying to do this epic, wanting to, you know, make an impression on, you know, the artistic world with his masterpiece. And I felt that. And I just know what it's like to just try to be such a perfectionist in what you're trying to do. So that's what really stuck with me. I know it's just so crazy. Like, I think it's like halfway through the movie. You know, he's standing up on the stage and he's just yelling at everybody. You're not just a person. You're a character. Or he's like, you are your character. I'm mm-hmm. going to give you a note every day. And that's what's happening with your character. There's even going to be somebody playing me and he's going to have notes. And mm-hmm. that's when the movie I felt like kind of went off the fucking rails afterwards. But like, he's like, when are we going to get some people in here? What do yeah. you mean? We've been doing this for 17 years. Yeah. Rehearsing this. It's not ready yet. <laughs> it's not ready to have people right. in here yet. And, uh, the at first I thought like they built the fucking thing in like a like a uh, like a baseball stadium that had closed down or some shit or a little like a train station or something. It I was a it was a warehouse. It's just a warehouse. That was the biggest fucking warehouse I've ever seen. But they do the it. That's the thing is that it's layers and layers because they have to build a warehouse inside of that warehouse yeah. because you know yeah. he starts replicating life His life with that. Yeah, I know. Like I said, man, I I felt dumb watching this to a certain extent because I was just like, I know there's probably a deeper thing going on here, but I'm just not getting it. There is. There's a lot of um, psychological, medical conditions. Uh, People's names and stuff are actually (laughs) medical conditions. Right. Um, There's a lot of literature sprinkled out through this movie. I don't 
read like that, so I don't recognize them, but I've heard people talk about them. That Yeah, it's a very, very dense movie, but at the same time, you still walked away with something. Like, you went and hugged your daughter because this movie... Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, touched you in some kind of way. Artistic value? I know why you love this movie, because I know how you are. Yeah. Like, it's It looks beautiful. Mm-hmm. And the imagery, and, like, the parts where she's in the house, like, I just don't know if I want to buy a house, and... She's like, why? She's like, I don't want to die from the smoke inhalation. Like, the house is constantly on fire and getting worse and worse over time. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that's a whole deep thing. But, like, you know, um, she's like, well, my my son lives in the basement. I hope that's not a problem. Then they start dating. And I'm just like, man, this fucking movie, dude. Like, (laughs) I felt like I had my hands around it and it just kept slipping out. You know, like, I was just like, fuck, dude. What is it this guy doing? Like I love those I love those like between reality and dreamlike where mm-hmm. they kinda like um merge the two mm-hmm. where you can't tell if it's like a dream state or it's actual like real life. Yeah, because they don't they, they don't there's no lead way or nothing. It's just like did that happen or did it not happen? There's some people that say this is his purgatory. I could believe that. I could believe because that. there's hints because it's all about death. Like so many people I, die I, in this movie. I would say it's more about fucking I would say it's more of his hell than anything. Health that's another thing that i picked up on this is because his health is deteriorating but he's obsessing over it at the same time and i have a habit of doing that like if something goes wrong with me i obsess over it until it's like fixed right so i kind of i got the same feeling from that yeah i felt like this was more of like his own personal hell like he Mm -hmm. was trying to tell his story but it's just like it wasn't being able to get done because of where he was at emotionally or you know mentally let me uh let me just read the synopsis from IMDb. Yeah, you do that, man, because they're gonna give a better picture than I can. Yeah, a theater director struggles with his work and the woman of his life, as a create creates a life size replica of New York City inside a warehouse as part of his new play. Mm-hmm. And there's and like, based off of the what I just read, I read almost the exact same thing on the back of the case. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, here we go. Screenplay. He's losing his shit a little bit. Da 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 da. Well, let's like like walk. Th- going. Let's walk through it a little bit instead yeah. of like scatterbraining. So, it opens up with him, his wife, and his daughter. Mm-hmm. You know, time is slipping through his fingers because of the imagery. Mm-hmm. His, um, his wife decides she wants to go to Berlin alone for this art show because she does like little paintings. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. Yeah, because I'm sure that's a thing now. Like people do. The oh, I'm sure it is. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like New York, very New York. <laughs> But and they keep getting smaller and smaller and smaller throughout yeah, the film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, she ends up leaving him. He is trying to deal cope with his wife and daughter leaving, so he starts dating this other girl. Mm. Well, actually, uh, well, no, Hazel. He's if when she she tries, she's thirsty as hell. The first half hour of the movie, she wants him more than anything, and they go out. Uh, it's after the play, and she says she's she can't go because. Yeah, I just can't go. I wish I could go. I just can't go. Yeah, she says she has to ship out paintings or whatever. Right. So she, uh, that was hilarious. The little crates. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was hilarious. But some of the shit I thought was kind of funny, but I don't know if it was meant to be funny or not. But I laughed at that it. That is pretty amusing. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the, so so he goes and this chick's at the play. Mm-hmm. And then he's talking to Michelle Williams, who is the star of, the, of that play. And she gets jealous because she thinks he wants the blonde. So the redhead is trying hard. Yeah. And I thought that was really crazy too. Like, um, 
she offered to get to get stoned with him and he said i get horny when i'm stoned and i really want you but i'm trying to be a good man you know right. and he gets home and his wife is getting stoned with that other chick yeah which fucked that lady in that movie man yeah she's kind of a bitch <laughs> oh dude what she does to his daughter is fucked up alone but like yeah. anyways so fast forward like you said his wife goes to germany and him and the redhead go out yeah and she's trying to cheer him up, but also still trying to get him at the same time. Yeah. And she's like, he's like, I'm married. I have, I have a child. Like, I can't do this. Like, mm-hmm. I, I'm a good man. Like, I don't want to be this way. She's like, she left you. He's like, they've only been gone a month. She's like, what are you talking about? They've been gone a year. Yeah. I need to get you a calendar. Right. That shows he has like no concept of like time. Right. Cause he's so focused in on his goal, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, she tries to have sex with him and, and he's just like, so f- depressed. Like, misses his kid, misses his wife. And uh, the, the, the thing, you know what's crazy is, like, I don't know how much Philip Seymour Hoffman made for this movie. A lot of it spent fucking cleaning. That's what they should have called this movie. Watch Philip Seymour Hoffman clean shit. Because he's like, I do love to clean. Like, Well, the first, well. This I, is like a therapeutic process. I get it, but like. Yeah, it's to get his mind off of all the bullshit in his life. He scrubbed the shit out of that paint room, man. Oh, yeah. He it didn't did. even look like the same room after he got done yep. with it. But as soon as he was done, he, like, all his problems set back in. So yeah. I know that feeling all too well. Oh, yeah, man. It's always good to get your mind off of that one problem. Yeah. And it'll work itself out or it'll come to you, whatever. But Right. So him and the redhead, like, don't work out. It's, like, really awkward. So they go with their separate rise. And then he starts to pursue the the blonde. Right. Or she's more, like, infatuated with him. And he kind of just. Right. Like, she, she yeah, he kind of takes advantage of it because she, like, looks up to him like a hero or, or a mentor or whatever. Right. But this sequence is really, really short. Mm. It goes by really quickly as he starts dating the blonde. They get married. Have they a have a kid. And then they start fighting, like, immediately. That no, shows, like, the shortness of their relationship. And I didn't like that either. The fact that he had a daughter with her and kept calling her Olive. Yeah. He's like, I meant Ariel. I meant Ariel. Like, well, that's to show, like, my interpretation was it was to show he had, he was trying to replicate his old family with right. this new family. Because the the new little girl kind of looked like, you know, because the, the wife in this is blonde. He's was blonde before he goes white haired and gets really old in the movie. So, but like the little girl still with the short black hair, like it was just like, I, I, like a slap in the face. Like you yeah, had another family, but you're still not going to replace your family. He you even know? says like. I'm going to go find my real daughter. She's like, your real daughter? Like, Yeah, what are you that was about? shitty. Because like I said, man, I, I, I'm i a father. You know what I mean? And fuck that bitch for taking her his kid to fucking Germany and then never bringing her back. Yeah. Like, I think that was a really shitty thing to do. Like, I understand you needed to get away, but to take his daughter. But then at the same time, he could have gone after them, I think. Because he knew she's pretty popular and famous, that she wouldn't have been hard to find. Well, sometimes it should, and that's where like that's where the deeper meaning, I guess, comes in. Because he does the thing where he tries going over there mm-hmm. to see him, and the I don't say her name's Marsha or Mara or something like that. The, the anyways, the the wife's friend, right? She meets him. You get to me, and then I love how they all got German accents now, like they've never lived in America. Yeah, but uh. Because if I had to make a list of the top five shittiest things you could do to me, taking my kids away from me would be, like, number one. Definitely. You know what I mean? I think it stands for anyone. Well, I mean, it should if you're yeah. a fucking parent. That's the sad part about it, though, is some, not some people feel that way. You know That's what I mean? definitely true. I've seen that. I have friends or former friends that they, they're not good fathers, you know. They, yeah. they don't care about their kids, but that's a discussion for another day. But anyways, that's, like I said, that, that really touched on me. And... um 
it's just like this poor guy couldn't get a fucking win, man. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's just like one of those things. Like, the further I got into the movie, I was just like, I had to make peace with the fact that, like, it's just not going to get better for this fucking guy. Yeah. And then, like, the fact that ship kept going wrong with him, but it was still, he was still alive. Like, you know what I mean? And then, like, he's just like, something's all about death. I know how to do this play now. It's all about death, you know? And yeah. finally brings all the people from his first show that we see at the beginning. And they start erecting all these, like, scenes, you know, because stuff's happening in his real life. And he's like, nope, I want to make that. I want to make that. I want to make that. And I would say the the warehouse is really the only place that anything makes sense without making sense in that movie. That's mm-hmm. how I, what I got out of it. Until he built it yeah. and started watching it from the outside, like, it didn't really happen. Yeah. I don't know. It kind of blends, like, reality and his vision of the play together where it's like you're not sure what's real and what's the play and like you said once the thing gets erected and it gets so big you don't know if they're in the made-up city or if they're out on the actual streets and then uh later on as he starts getting older you know it's like i guessing it's like world war three outside i think so because like you know people got has masks on and there's always fucking shit blowing up you hear guns and see military trucks riding by and stuff so it's like the world's just gone to shit, and this guy doesn't even acknowledge it because he's so focused in on his his goal. Exactly. You know? Yeah, I think that's why you like this movie is because it's just like no matter what I have to go through, mentally, personally, physically, whatever, I'm going to get done what I want to get done. That's like a bad habit I have. <laughs> I get so focused in on something that I'm working on, I kind of everything around me kind of falls, goes, falls yeah, to the just, wayside exactly. and I hate that about myself so I'm trying to be aware of it but that's the part that resonated most with me yeah like that that was something else I took from the goal or that I took out of the movie was mm-hmm. like okay you know you gotta you know when you're stretching yourself too thin and in this guy's case he lost his fucking mind trying to do this play or, right you know social experience whatever he ends up calling it by the end of it but <laughs> yeah <clears throat> So it moves forward after that. He just keeps going through. Him and the blonde are dating, but they're not dating. And then he starts trying to talk to the Hazel lady, yeah, which is the redhead. And she's done got married, and now she has kids with him, which happens in a blink. Like, mm-hmm. at first we're dating, and the next is like, we have three kids. How you been? You know, yeah. and he's... Well, uh, then he starts having seizures, and then like there's the scene. I thought that was hilarious when he's in the scene with the do- or he's in the doctor's office, and his legs just doing like this. Yeah, this started today. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know what it's all about. Can you tell me what's wrong? Nah, you can't tell me what's wrong, or you don't know what's wrong. Nah. <laughs> he does it like five times. Yeah. He's like, well, you ever notice every time he talks to the doctor, they mishear him. Yeah, yeah. So, or he mishears them. Right. He's like, you need to go see a neurologist. Why would I need to go see a urologist? He's like, there's nothing wrong with my piss. And he's like, no, 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 the neurologist. Yeah. Oh, I know what a neurologist is. Okay. <laughs> hey. Yeah. Like I said, there was a lot of shit that, that, that in this movie that I just was like, man. I, and dude, that creepy old motherfucker, bro. Right. The stalker. Dude, that ends up playing him later on. And I was mm-hmm. like, if they don't explain why this fucking guy is here, <laughs> it's going to fucking drive me insane. Because he's literally in the every fucking scene the first hour of this movie and it never says anything about him yeah and then of course he's like that's when i bring me back to the point where he's like everybody's gonna play somebody even somebody's gonna play me and that dude of course is waiting in the waiting room they call him in. he's like hey i'm sam i've been following you for 20 years yeah nobody can play this part better than me yeah he even starts speaking for him like things he's thinking out of his life yeah yeah okay 
Okay. Give him the job. You know he needs the job. Or like you know he wants the job. Yeah. Okay. Like, like I said, Philip Seymour Hoffman, rest in peace, man. That guy was a treasure. But this movie had to fuck him up mentally. Like Oh, I'm sure. You know what I mean? Like to go through all that. I don't know how many more he did after this before he passed, bro, but like dude. This came out in two thousand eight, so he uh did a few more. When did he die? 14, 12, 13, somewhere in there? I'm not exactly sure if I'm being honest. I want to say it was like 14 or 15, maybe. Was it? I could be wrong, but it feels like he's been gone a while now. I know. Because 14. He, 14, 14, yeah. Because I remember he had like two more movies that came out after he, right after he passed that he had finished before he went out. Yeah, the uh, Hunger Games. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They had to like, um, CGI they him. had to carry Fisher him in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. But, um, yeah, like, I don't know, man, that guy, it, like, he's so deep in his craft, bro. Like, what is it about people that have that talent? Like, they have to be tortured to be that good? I think to a certain extent, I think some people do. Because if you look back in history, bro, all those great, you know, artists, those great emotions, you know, like to Jimi Hendrix, they all had demons, Richard Pryor, Chris Farley, they all had things that just crushed their lives. Like, yeah. they they did everything to make us happy, but their lives just went to shit in the process because mm-hmm. it's like they didn't know how to coexist with each other or something. Yeah. I don't know, man. Like I, I think said, you have to have like a certain... I've always heard like to be a genius, you have to be a little crazy. Yeah. Fuck Kurt Cobain, bro. Like the list goes on and on, dude. Like It's just insane to me, man. Mm-hmm. A lot of, um, a lot of them drop die from like drug overdoses too yeah like they get so deep yeah. into the drugs that it's kind of sad they said that's what happened to Jimi hendrix choked yeah. out his own vomit mm-hmm. from heroin i mean that's what happened to C- philip seymour hoffman is that what happened to- i know yeah. he od'd i didn't remember that it's a, a lethal drug mix cocktail whatever yeah because yeah, they say he was like speedballing and shit yeah. but yeah man it, it's insane bro like and and they're getting younger too, like Juice World. Like that's the part that makes me sad. Is like that kid was the, twenty years old, bro. And I mean, like even if you're not a big fan of hip hop or whatever, like that kid had talent. How old do you think Jimi Hendrix was? Jimi was like I think he was twenty eight or twenty seven. That's like so that. young still. Yeah, it is. To, the thing that like to really, have that amount of workout though, to exactly. have that kind of you know what I'm saying, to be so young, to have that impact and be so young, like. That's the part that makes me sad is like, I, I guess I didn't have that impact. Like, I'll never have that impact. Well, I mean, it's just like he's a goat. you know. Like, exactly. But it gives you something to strive for. Right. But at the same time, it kind of scares me. Like, bro, I don't know if I want to be that good. You know what I mean? Like all the money in the world, all the accolades in the world couldn't save that man or mm-hmm. his, you know what I mean? Like. And even with Kobe passing, like, you know what I mean? That man did accomplish so much and to go out so crazy, like such a tragedy, you know? Well, it kind of harpens back to this yeah, movie. Yeah, like, like I said, man, this this movie really, like, it put me in my feelings for a little bit because, like, I had to sit there. It just doesn't, it makes you stare at all the shit that could go wrong or went wrong in your life. Like, that's what I get out of it, too. I'm so glad you said that because I'm glad you got that out of this movie. I didn't want you to, like, watch it and be like, a stupid fucking movie. Like, Oh, I still thought any- that, but, like... I mean, but it, you still... It's, it, that's what I think pissed me off so much is the fact that it did make me think and feel <laughs> that much. You know what I mean? Because you know me, bro. I'm more of a blockbuster guy. Like, right. I like to just enjoy it and move on. Yeah. You know? Yeah, this doesn't have, like, a, uh, a cohesive plot 
Right. No, it, it's, it's all it over. It really the place. makes you think yeah. about it and think and. Why would them. they do that? Why did they show me that? You know what I mean? And I found myself asking myself that probably like six, seven times mm-hmm. while watching it. But let me tell you my the worst part, the part I hated more than anything, man, okay. because it jumps forward like 10 fucking 20 years, whatever, 50 years. And he goes, he gets a fucking random phone call. Your daughter's dying. You need to come see her. Right. So he goes to Germany. And this woman's been in Germany. His child's been in Germany so long she doesn't speak English anymore. Mm-hmm. And he has to put a translator on to talk to his dying daughter. Yeah. And well, that was, uh, I hated the scene, but I loved that. Like, all oh, she had, like, you know, because that's the whole thing. Like, she grows up overnight and she becomes the tattooed girl or whatever. Right. And she starts dating the wife's friend. And it's going to drive me crazy not knowing that woman's name. But she has all these flowers. And that was supposed to be the gimmick, I guess, that got her in the art world was she was the youngest tattooed model or whatever. And she had all these flowers up her arm and around her back and down her ass and everything else. And all the flowers were wilted. Mm-hmm. And like, you know what I'm saying? Like, Even it, one falls off when she passes away. When she away. passes away, yeah, which I was going to say was fucking beautiful imagery. I just wish I didn't hate the message, or not, not hate the message, but hate the scene so much. Because like, you, this guy's just fucking been tormented this whole movie. And they fucking make up some shit about the reason why he wasn't around was because he was gay. And that he was having sex with some guy named Eric. Like, Yeah, but by, you don't notice the transition between like him like by the end of the movie he's a woman he's ellen yeah yeah yeah. but not at that point he's still him at that point though yeah but i feel like so i'm not 100 percent sure what they're trying to say with this but i think he battled with that his whole life his sexuality mm-hmm. that's just what i got from it is he did battle the sexuality like he wanted to be this straight you know male father figure right. husband but he was gay he was like a woman trapped in a man a man's body yeah i could see that a little bit yeah i just feel like that's what it was trying to hint at but like just the the things that is she's like i want to forgive you but i can't forgive somebody that hasn't asked for forgiveness yeah and he's like but that stuff's not true like i looked for you they kept you from me like i loved you more than anything like all i wanted to do was be with you and your mom and she's like, I don't believe you, you faggot, or something like that. It just broke my soul. Like, bro, my daughter ever said some shit like that to me. First of all, I never want to see my daughter that sick. You know what I mean? Like, it just right. bothered me a lot, dude. They just skipped 20 years, and this man hasn't seen his child. She went from five to fucking 40. I was thinking about that, too. Like, imagine your daughter now being taken away, and you haven't seen her. You have no contact with her. 20 years later, 30 years later, you meet her. She's a grown woman. She's a person. Like, how fucking crazy would that be? It's just making me fucking sad just now thinking about it, bro. But, like, yeah, dude, that shit broke me. After that, I was like, I don't even care what happens anymore, man. Just finish this fucking movie. Yeah. But it was a really powerful, like, scene. You know what I mean? And then she's like, she's like, uh, Melissa, that's what I'm just going to call her because I can't think of her name. Melissa showed me how to be me. She led me to my vagina and hers. And I was just like, dude, like, she's shitting on this man so hard. And it just keeps getting on. just keeps going. Yeah. And then, I, like I said, the the one woman, the older lady, I forget her name, but she did a great job too, like, switching out. And she knows that he's at the end. She's like, why don't you let me play you? Oh, right, right. Ellen. And, and you take a break. He's yeah. like, I still want a hand in this. She's like, why don't you play Ellen? Mm-hmm. I do love to clean. And 
He starts scrubbing shit and it, it just makes him feel better, I guess. But yeah. the movie gets, and then the, like, I kept trying to think that, you know, when he's doing the last walkthrough and she's talking into his ear, telling him where to go, what to do. Yeah. That last scene where he sits on the couch with that lady, like I keep thinking, was she in this damn movie before this part? Um, there was a flashback scene of a little girl uh, and a mom, like a picnic. She was a mom. Okay, okay. See, I was and I was thinking to myself, like, fuck, what, what is he telling me right now? Because he's like, now asked to put your head on her shoulder. Yeah, because she's like, because Ellen was the little girl, but it's supposed to be him. Like that's the part I get convoluted. Yeah, like. you know what? Because then, then that does make a lot of sense towards the thing where like he was a woman trapped in a man's body. Right, like, my mother. I'll remember this picnic forever. Mm-hmm. And then he says that later when he's talking to that lady, he says, "I never got that picnic with my daughter." Yeah, you know. Yeah, that does that. That is that is a little a little convoluting. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, the, the, that's how, and then it just goes white screen. Mm-hmm. That's how the movie ends. And I'm left there, just a bowl of emotions, mad, sad, wanting to call you at midnight and yell at you. Like, I don't know what the fuck is going on. I woke up so surprised with no text or call or anything. I was like, I guess he enjoyed it. No, I mean, like I said, man, it just, I was so mad at first, bro. Mm -hmm. Like, if we'd have done this last night, you'd have got the business bad, bro. Like my wife got home And I even told her about it I was like You know this stupid fucking movie Just made me watch And then I'm telling her straight Shit from the movie And she's like That sounds fucked up I was like I know right It's just He just keeps it gone With that shit Like I was just like I was upset Yeah I was upset I know After Miss March I was like I'm, I'm pulling oh, You from, got me back motherfucker I'm you pulling from the top deck Like here you go Yeah you definitely pulled The old ace card on me bro <laughs> yeah. You got me But like I said, uh, beautiful vision, uh, visuals with the, 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 the house on fire. and mm-hmm. then the-, the house on fire, I took it as um, the decisions you make in life are the ones you're going to have to deal with. Like if you're going to buy this house on fire, you're going to burn in it. Right. But that's your choice. Right, right. But And that's kind of like another message through this movie is your decisions. Um, good part. A good example from what I'm trying to say is on the plane. Mm. He's reading the self help book. Oh, and the ladies next to him. Ladies next to him, and almost she, forgot about that scene. That bitch was crazy. The blonde lady. Oh, she's crazy. The, the psych- as She was crazy as fuck in that movie. Yeah. It's forty five dollars for that book. <laughs> you, Little parts that were funny in this right. movie. But in that moment, she's offering herself to him, and he rejects her. Mm. The book ends. That's basically saying like, I showed you my leg. You did nothing. This book is over. Yeah, exactly. He's just flipping through empty pages. Yeah, and that goes with like decisions you make in your life like let's say a girl comes up to you and she's offering herself you can either go for it or you mm. can't but if you don't nothing you happens know. yeah you never know yeah. yep so i said man like it made me feel dumb too i was mad there because like i said there's just so much uh just deeper you know what i mean like that's the thing i love about this movie so much is like it's very, very dense. It can make you feel dumb because there's so much going on. But at the end of the movie, you still feel something. Like, it, 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 it took you out of your comfort zone, no matter who say, you are. I was about to say, because uh, I haven't felt that way after watching one of the movies since we watched, uh, not Pie, the other one, uh, the one with Gyllenhaal. Enemy. Enemy, yeah, Enemy. That that was the same way. Like, I just kept feeling like, bro, I'm, there's something going on here I'm not getting. Mm-hmm. You know, but... 
that's definitely one of those movies. Every time you would go back to watch it, you're going to pick something else out of it. Like, and an interview with the director, he that's what he talked about. He's like, I want to make a movie that when you watch it at different times in your life, you're going to get something different out of it. And I felt that this time, like the first time it was about the play and it's about making something great and wanting it to be perfect, wanting it to make an impact on the world. Mm -hmm. And now for me, I noticed the relationships a lot more. Mm -hmm. Like I noticed him and Hazel, how they are. They never kind of find each other at the right time. But they're always so attracted to her, to each other. Like they're always drawn to each other. They're always in each other's lives, but they're never that, you know. And then when he finally does get her, she passes away. Right. They say it's smoke inhalation. Yeah. You know, which I thought was crazy. Oh, even that, uh, the one lady, the, the, not the, the one that played Hazel. Mm Mm-hmm. She's a good actress. She's been in a bunch of stuff. Uh, she played the blind chick in Red Dragon. That's what I was talking about earlier. Oh. oh. The girl, the lady from Red Dragon. Oh, yeah. I, well, I, th- I thought you were talking about Hazel. Well, well I mean, she they, was Hazel. They, well, yeah, you know what I mean. But, like, <laughs> I meant the real Hazel, which right. I've seen her in other stuff, too. But, uh, you know, the crazy at the beginning of the movie, they did a really great job of accentuating her rack. And then by the later in the movie, when she got old, they didn't show any of her rack. Mm-hmm. Which... I don't know. I'll just, I'll just do that out there. <laughs> What's wrong with old lady racks, man? Like, you know what I mean? Uh, the old ladies are too covered up for you? Yeah. Yeah, I don't like it. I don't like that. I was going to take a picture of like when he's like super, super old. It'd be like me after watching Syndicate in New York. <laughs> but then I was like, ah, that's Phil Seymour Hoffman. And it would probably get taken wrong or whatever. Yeah. Like, if he wasn't passed away, I, it would be funny. But Or I was going to turn him back on and get that first five seconds where he's just listening to the bed and he just starts crying. It was like me after watching this movie. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. I knew you weren't going to like it, but it makes me happy that you got something from it. Yeah, man. It, 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 it uh, you're, I don't know, you are just, who hurt you, bro? Like, I know. You just love these movies where, like, these guys just go through hell and back. Like, I've, I've really noticed that. I've been listening to a lot of, like, movie reviews, and they're talking, this one podcast, they were talking about Joker, and they kept referencing, like, um, mm. Taxi Driver. And they're like, it's not as great as everyone make it, makes it seem. And I'm like, no, it's fucking amazing but then i start thinking about all the movies that i like and it's all people that are just down on their luck and Shit's going wrong everything's uh, going bad and nothing gets better like what is wrong so i say it's like bro like do you do you need a hug like you know what i mean like it's not all despair bro there's some good shit out here too something i don't know why i'm attracted to that i blame it on the game i watched the game when i was like 11 years old yeah, that movie and, will fuck you up i watched and, that at a young age too and it's just stuck with me i love that like downward spiral into despair yeah but i mean i get that from music too right like funeral doom if you ever listen to that it's just the most depressing music i have all their albums <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what the fuck that is it's a genre not a band oh okay it's a whole group oh, so of music. It's way worse all right <laughs> yeah love those guys <laughs> But uh, I, I like a good message, bro. I do like a good message. I like it better when I understand it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like I, I said. I'm the opposite. I like it when I don't know what's going on, really, and I'm trying to figure it out. Yeah, you I, like a make up your own ending, bro. What did that mean to you? Like, that's, that's your kind of ending. Yeah. I, I just want cut and dry, bro. 
show me some credits. Mm-hmm. Show me a gag reel. You know, like I want to, I want to leave that bitch knowing exactly what I saw. You know, what's funny is it's translating into other parts of my life. Like the new tattoo that I got, it's an astronaut, a, um, a scuba diver with a skull and in the, the middle with the, the third eye. Yeah. People are like, what does that mean? What does it mean to you? <laughs> you and your fucking arm, even your arm tattoo is a fucking, uh, a abstract, me- yeah. abstract message. You're the Banksy of tattoos. <laughs> I love that though. I love it when a movie is kind of like a puzzle piece that you need to like put together in your mind. I don't know. That's just my. Yeah. But the good thing, because next after this, we're doing 3000 miles to Graceland. I think this we these were the perfect contrast to each other because this is like super. Oh, it's definitely one into the fucking spectrum night and day, dude. 3000 miles. is just like a dumb action movie and I can't wait to talk about it. Yeah, I was so mad last night, bro. I was just going to write down like 20 terrible things to say to you. But like, I was like, no, let it marinate. And then when I woke up this morning, I was still feeling like shit. Yeah. I grabbed the kids, gave them a nice, strong hug before I took them to school. And I was just like, all right, let's do this. <laughs> but, so what do you grade Synecdoche, New York? Oh, here we go. That's that's the real thing. That's what the- do I grade this shit on? Yeah. Like I said, I've said many times, we've had conversations, like, even if I don't like the movie, if I can take something out of it that I did enjoy, or at least was interesting enough to me, I'm not going to give you the worst grade ever, Mm -hmm. but I will not be watching this movie again. Nah, I don't expect you to. Um, And it really just made me sad as the, like, the, like, like, that's how his life really ended up, bro. Like, you know what I mean? Not right then, but later on, like... I don't think I would watch it. Even if I loved the movie, I don't think I could watch it again, bro, because it would just not bring good memories back of him. It was hard to watch it this time around. And then you think about it again, man, like almost all the movies he's in, he gets fucked over. True. He gets fucked in Boogie Nights. And uh, well, he's not really fucked over in Boogie Nights. He's just a small character, you know, like Mm -hmm. they kind of shit on him through the movie. Red Dragon plays fucking... um, paparazzi type like you know yeah and big lebowski he's the bitch basically mm-hmm. and uh there's a lot of movies that's like that though that he, that he does you know but it's just a he's but he's a, a treasure great actor man yeah. such a great actor oh shit i forget it he played the bad guy in mission impossible 3 he played oh, he did, a didn't great he? fucking villain in i that. forgot about that i i don't even like tom cruise bro but he did a great job <laughs> in that movie like I hate Tom Cruise, bro. Like, I, I don't. I, it's a take it or leave it. Like I like his movies, like Minority Report. I love Minority Report, but not because of Tom Cruise, just because I like that movie. I think it's just like he's such a crazy asshole in real life. It's like I have trouble believing that you could be a real person. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's how, he's such a cartoon character in real fucking life. It's like true, but he's one of those actors. It's like if you don't like him as a person, you're not gonna like his movies. See, that's not always the case for me though, bro. Because I love Bruce Willis as an actor, but I hear he's a fucking terrible human being. Like, like, you mean like to fans and to people and mm-hmm. shit like, so it's not like a make or break thing, but then again, it is too, because I met Pauly Shore and I don't watch any of his shit now. Yeah. He was just that big of a cock. Like I was just like, man, fuck this guy, bro. True. You haven't been famous in 20 years, motherfucker. You should be lucky anybody's even noticing your ass anymore. I like you, Pauly Shore. What? <laughs> just in case he listens to this podcast. Oh, I know? mean, <laughs> don't get it. Don't get it twisted, Pauly. Like we can still be friends, you know, but like. <laughs> Son-in-law was like one of my favorite movies growing up, dude. Biodome. We, uh, my wife Kendra, she never watched uh, Encino Man. So on Thanksgiving, before everyone came over, I rented it and we the watched weasel. it. Like, 
people hate him and I get it, but I like I like his movies. Well, if you grew up with him, you yeah. know, like we did, like, you know, like Biodo- fucking goofy movie, dude. Biodome is so bad, but I I'm still a Sherman Tag. And like I don't think that Baldwin brother gets enough love. I fuck with Stephen Baldwin, man. True. He was in uh he was in uh, the second Flintstones movie. Play oh Barney. yeah, I play Barney. Yeah. Um uh, I complete Oh, in the army. I don't really care for that nah, one. I don't like that one. In the army. That's like the or whole- jury duty. I don't really like that one either. Yeah. But his his main three, yeah, man, they're great. Mm-hmm. They're great. What'd you rate this movie you didn't say? Uh I'm like on the edge of my seat. I'm gonna give him I'm gonna give it a four point two. Four point two. Four point two. For you, that's decent. It's not quite a five. Like you know, and I, and I will say this for everybody because I might have been a little harsh on my review of Sorry to Bother You. I am changing my grade of a five to a six. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Just because some of that shit, like, that we go back and talk about it, and I died laughing, bro, just thinking about it. But, like, but before you say anything, you're going to have a horse cock. Like, that shit. Army, <laughs> shout out to Army Hammer, man. I wanted to be that guy's friend so bad, bro. He killed that role. He's the only dude in America that's got a deeper voice than me and is a foot taller. Like I want to fuck, I want to hang out with Army Hammer, bro. I don't. This sounded weird. I don't want to fuck Army Hammer. I want to hang out with Army Hammer. Right, right. Yeah. Um, I do have to give a uh, a fixer. <laughs> I don't know what you would call it. In that review, sorry to bother you. I said it was uh. Oh, you Lawrence, said it was Lords Fishburne. Fishburne, the that, horseman. Right, but it was actually Forrest Whitaker. Which is still great. Like they're both treasures. Right. Old Larry Fishburne didn't didn't show up for that one. <laughs> they got Forrest though. Bro, for be so clear. Talk normal. Talk normal. <laughs> I love that. I give this a bolt thrower. It's basically like a two. Yeah. It's like, it's not my favorite movie, but it's like up there. When's the last time you did great, watch this? Great. Oh, you did watch it before this, didn't you? Didn't you say that? Yeah, but it was, it's been about four or five years since I watched it beforehand. You need that time in between so you can like oh, yeah, get yourself is, prepared for that shit. Like, yeah, this is not a back to back watch. This is a hard watch, but definitely worth it. Like, no matter who you are, if you watch this movie, it will touch you in some way. The ways you don't want to be touched. <laughs> I'm trying to think of the last movie that kind of like how I felt after I watched it, bro. Like, Joker was pretty close. Like, yeah. Joker was brutal in some parts to me anyways. Just like, because the, the whole concept of any normal person after so much shit can snap you know what i mean like mm-hmm. like they say in the trailer it only takes one bad day you know like right so that kind of fucked with me because like that guy's descending to madness like joaquin phoenix doesn't want a fucking oscar for that shit i'm i'm boycotting them bitches forever dude this man earns this shit he's won every fucking award up until now the man better win a fucking oscar for this shit like this is probably the best job he's done since walk the line man I think so too. I love him in that fucking movie. I, it's one of those roles I keep forgetting. It's Joaquin Phoenix. Like he like disappears into that role into Arthur Fleck. Like, I really really like love. It'll be really interesting to me to see if he does any other movie. Like when like the next movie he does. Mm -hmm. Because like to pull yourself out of that shit just to go back to living normal. You know what I mean? Like, he gave himself a fucking eating disorder from this shit. Like, he said that he had a real hard time getting back into interviews and being around people because it just, like he just closed himself off in his I, mind. I think that's like that. the Joker, per, well, just character in general. Everybody that's ever said anything about playing that role 
they've all gone fucking crazy. Yeah. It, except Jack Nicholson, who Be- might have already been crazy. Yeah, because you have to get into a part of your mind that you don't usually go to. Right. And like Jared Leto, they knocked his shit down to a fucking cameo, bro. And he still went full method for that shit. Mm-hmm. Like people didn't want to work with him anymore. But he's already fucked. He was already fucked up before that, I think. He's one of those guys, though, man. Like you, you can say what you want. You can not like his movies or not. Because I'm not going to lie. I'm not a huge Jared Leto fan. There's not like 20 of his movies I love. But he shows up and mm-hmm. he fucking shows out. Like the dudes can fucking act. Like he got an Oscar for playing a transsexual. AIDS patient, bro, like, that's fucking brutal, like, to bring that to life. Such a great movie, too. Y'all, Bias Dallas Club is very good. Matthew McConaughey, like, I was pissed that Wolf of Wall Street didn't win that year, but McConaughey deserved it for what he had to go through to make the, you know, losing the weight and shit like that. Like, he deserved it. Definitely. But. Have you ever seen True Detective? First season. Loved it. Him him and Woody? That was an amazing fucking season. Yeah, they have amazing chemistry. Like, I'm. I was so sad they didn't keep. Oh, season two is dog shit. Like, I haven't seen it because it's not them. So I watched I don't care. one episode of it and it was like, no, nope, I don't want to watch Colin Farrell. I heard the third season got a little better, but isn't that the uh, isn't that the one with the with the guy that's playing Blade, the African dude? Any in the third season of that? I think so. I think so. I don't know the, his name, but this yeah. one seems like it's kind of going back and forth in time too. Like I guess they all do that a little bit, but. Second season had Vince Vaughn and Colin Farrell, and my dad said Vince Vaughn did a really good job because, like I said, I couldn't do it. Like, I just don't find Colin Farrell that great, man. Like, he's only got, like, two movies I enjoy that he's in. Mm -hmm. American Outlaws, which I loved as a kid, and I go back and watch it now, and it's horribly historically inaccurate, like a motherfucker. (laughs) But, you know, I was 12, so what do you want from me? Right. And uh, Phone Booth. Fucking love Phone Booth. I didn't bother. It Uh, looks stupid. It, like... that's the most range you're ever going to see is that show in a movie. Daredevil was shit. Played a terrible bullseye. We won't get a. We didn't get a bullseye for another ten years. He killed that role yeah, so man, bad. I like that movie. Like that Daredevil movie. Why? I don't know. Uh, you should like Reindeer Games more than you like Daredevil, dude. Um, Daredevil, I think is. Well, no, next to Geely, it's the worst fucking Affleck movie. I, for some reason, I get some kind of like enjoyment out of it, but it also I we're doing the guilty pleasures thing. Oh, it's on there. No, no, no. Uh, Electra was on there. Oh, God, no. God, no. I owned Electra on DVD, and for some reason I kept watching it over and over, and I don't know why. It's a horrible fucking movie. I get it, but Jennifer Garner's sexy as shit and leather in that movie. Like, I get it, but like... But I took it off and replaced for something else. Yeah. Yeah. Electra. But it was on there. They, you know, people say it's between that and Catwoman with Halle Berry. That's the worst comic book movie of all time. Yeah, I'm not saying it's a good movie, but it like it struck some chord with me that made me want to keep watching it. Hey, man, we all got a couple of them, bro. Yeah. Much, by the way, look forward to that. Guilty Pleasures episode coming yeah. soon. Like that. But uh, And the Harry Potter trilogy, we're doing that too. Or trilogy the, saga. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> all eight. All eight of them. Yeah. My wife wants to do the entire Harry Potter series. So... I think after 3,000 Miles to Graceland, we're probably going to do that one. Cool. And then after that, we'll do the Guilty Pleasures because I've been looking forward to that one. Yeah. Yeah. I started working on my list the other night. I think you're going to be very surprised with some of my picks because you're just going to be like, bro, I didn't even know you would watch that. <laughs> I think it's going to go both ways. Yeah. Well, for sure. well I hope so. <laughs> I'm hoping there's something. I got there. some fucking bangers on my list. I'm uh, like, wait, what is that? That doesn't make sense. This is a guilty pleasure, bro. Like, you should <laughs> love this. Like, tell everybody you love this fucking movie. Like, hopefully. Yeah. 
But that's why we do this, bro. Find out a little bit more about each other. And, yeah, uh, true. Get those opinions out. Um, I had the Underworld movies on there for a little bit, but then I was thinking, I'm like, it's not a guilty pleasure. I fucking love these movies. I love the and first I one. I love, I love all the, the first three. I love them. Yeah, Rise of the Lycans was pretty good, but I love that guy, Martin, uh, whatever his name is, mm-hmm. the dude that plays the werewolf. I think he did a great job. He, he's a good actor, I, period. Like It's just a fun movie. Like Shut your brain off and just have a good time. Right. The second one is where it started getting a little silly, but the last one I went and saw, The Blood Wars, mm-hmm. that was terrible. Yeah, I... I, I Even um, Awakening was shit. Yeah, that one I watched, I'm like, oh, they're going, this is getting bad. I'll just stick to the first three. It was kind of like, by the fifth one, it was just like, all right, well, if she can't beat this guy, we're just going to give her a new fucking power. Yeah, exactly. And I was just like, really? Yeah, they're just Dragon Ball Zing it. For real, like, <laughs> Super Saiyan 2, man. You know? Well, now we got three. Uh, you ready to talk about Grace? Three thousand miles to Graceland. Yeah, bro, because that movie is fucking awesome. You're welcome. <sighs> I guess I'll have to wait and find out later. Later.